0: So um, what I want to talk about this morning um, is this word called obedience. Uh, Not a word we typically like, uh, mostly because it dictates what we do, potentially, um, or potentially not. So the title to my message this morning, um, and you'll you'll hear the music in your head, uh, Walk This Way, which um, does fit correctly uh, in the Walk This Way talk this way, maybe not the rest of the theme of the song, uh, but in that, uh, that is our call to walk a certain way, to live a certain way, to talk a certain way. And so my one thing that I want you to kind of wrap your mind around as we talk about this today is walking in obedience equals knowing and trusting God. Really, truthfully, unless we're walking uh, in obedience to God, we don't get to know who God is. Because it's part of that um, struggle of, of denying ourselves and following Him that we get to know and trust Him. And so today we got to witness... One of the first things that God asks us to do as believers, after we say yes to Him, He asks us to get baptized, which is a, an outward sign of obedience, to, to walk in that obedience. See, this is meant to be the first of many steps towards knowing and trusting God. Obedience is the means by which our faith, which is valued above gold, is grown. Period. And if you're struggling with how your faith is and how your growth in the Lord is, I can almost directly tie that into how are you in walking in obedience to what he's saying. Because if you're like, oh, why, why, am, I not, why am I not different? Why, why am I not changing? Why am I not um, more like this and less like that? You know, I can almost directly tie that to how interested are you into knowing him and being obedient to what he says. Because the truth is, obedience is a choice, and most of our obedience to God is not easy. Most of the things that he calls us to aren't, aren't, aren't just like, oh, you know, I want you to, to, to not drink milk ever again. Which somebody with an a t- intolerance to dairy products is like, yes, Lord, that's a good thing. But the reality is most of the things that he's asking us to do, how we love, how we live, how we treat other people, what we decide not to do or to do is going to be difficult as we navigate our world. So what I want to pray for as we get started is the need for us to have power to see choices that are coming our way and choosing to walk out in obedience. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, our desire is to know you. Lord, you've created us, you've designed us to know you and to love you. And Lord, we desire that. But if we're going to be completely honest, it's very difficult at times to walk the way you've called us to. And Lord, we're grateful for the text today, the, 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 your word that you've given us to know you that points us in how we walk this out. But Lord, we ask for your power and your discernment on how we do what you've called us to do. Lord, you've placed destiny in the lives of those in this room. You've placed purpose in their lives for your kingdom. And Lord, we want to walk that out. We want to see you be glorified. But we need your help. So Lord, as we read your word, I pray that you would shape and mold us to not only see the truth in it, but be willing to walk it out. We pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. So those that want to read along, I'm going to be in First Peter, First um, Peter 1 verses 13 through 23, and it's kind of fitting, I didn't plan this on purpose, but the last two weeks we've talked about Peter, and uh, most of you, if you've been here before, you understand my affections for Peter, mostly because he has messed up things over and over and over again, and God still chooses to use him, still chooses to bring him back in, still chooses him to be his vessel. And so as we've seen Peter make royal mistakes from denying Jesus directly to rebuking Jesus directly, which is always a big mistake. Now we see Peter later on in 1 Peter writing to the church, telling them how to walk a certain way. And it literally, the subheading of this section is, is called to be holy. And the truth is, I don't know many of you that would stand up right now, and please don't, because that would be highly embarrassing, would stand up right now and declare to the room that I am holy. Any takers? Don't do it. I would not do it, even though I have a microphone up here, even though even though most people believe that the guy with the microphone up front should be the holiest one in the room. And the truth is, we struggle with our own personal holiness for our choice and just like you i'm making a daily decision to choose to be obedient to jesus my holiness is tied to him and truthfully my holiness comes from him to me as we trust and believe and so i want to jump right in um starting in verse 13 verse 13 it says therefore preparing our minds for action. <laughs> and here, here's the beginning. Really, the, the battlefield, and we did a series last year called um, talking about our mind and our thought patterns. The, the truth is everything in our walk and in our obedience and in our daily life begins up here in Urnagin. It gets birthed in here. Uh, I mean, I, it would be shameful for us to know all the thoughts that come into here and not out of our mouth. All of us. I don't know if you can tell, I don't normally have this deep, raspy voice. It's usually a little higher. I have a cold. And I'm, like most men, I'm a big, fat baby when I have a cold. And my patience, and my ability to calmly discuss things with my children, it diminishes. It just does. But all of those things start in here. I, I hear them in your head, and most of us have a reel that's going on inside of us. And, and the more we grow, and the more we relinquish ourselves to God, the more He helps us take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ, which has is what we need to do. Because the reality is, is that reel doesn't ever stop playing. It's always going in our head. Of. If, of this thoughts about other people these these things when we're driving the things that we think when other people you know drive poorly i heard uh chuck swindoll which is a famous uh pastor from the like 80s or 90s i heard him say one time and we we give people stickers so <laughs> I didn't listen to him, but he said that he wouldn't put a Christian fish on his car because he didn't want that one moment of, you know, uh, you know, him not, he said, I'm a good driver, I don't intentionally speed, I don't intentionally cut people off, but sometimes it just happens, and I don't want that one person to see that, you know, Christian fish on the back of my car, that church sticker, and go, all of those, look at them, they're always, they're horrible, blah, blah, blah. And so he intentionally doesn't put those on his car, and, and, and we hand, we passed them out for you to put on your car. So people are probably like, Dag on those people at reach. Please, here's the one thing I ask you, if you put a sticker on your car, when there's a backup, just get in line. Just get in line. Like, don't be that person. Because if I see you ride by me with that reach sticker on, I'm gonna be like, I'm going to find out who that is. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's one of my <laughs> big pet peeves just get in line and i feel bad sometimes you get stuck in that other lane and i don't you don't intend to be in the you know the passing lane but it's hard to get over i know i, know. Okay. I, see, I see that i see that okay So, there, 13 it says therefore preparing our minds for action and being sober-minded set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of jesus christ As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Don't be like you were before. In the ignorance where we didn't know any better. See, the truth is, the more that we read this word, the more that we understand what he's called us to, the less that we can say, I didn't know. But the more we know, the more we're held accountable for this reality that we're called to not be conformed to this other way, to be conformed to Christ. In verse 15 it says, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on him as father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, con- conduct yourself with fear throughout the time of your exile. I mean, the, the goodness of God, we, we should be literally, overtly grateful and thankful because the reality is, is He knows everything that we've done. He knows everything that you've thought, everything that has come out of your mouth, even in secret, everything, every nasty little email that you've written maybe to one or two people he knows all of those things and it says here that who judges impartially according to each one's deeds the reality is is none of us are ever going to be perfect enough to earn our position or place next to the father but through jesus we have not only our freedom in him not only our righteousness through him but we get an image of how it works. And so how, how did Jesus do this in this world while he was here? See, he watched and listened to the Father and then acted accordingly. In John fifteen nineteen, it says the Son can do nothing on his own accord but only what He sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. This is the model that He's asking us, that we need to pay attention to who He is and what He's doing and act accordingly. We do what we do because we see Him doing it. And in the things that we don't see Him do, we act accordingly. Verse 18, it says, Knowing that you were ransomed, from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as gold and silver. No one can pay, which we talked about two weeks ago. No one can pay. What does it benefit? A man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul. There's nothing that's going to free you from your own sin other than this one precious gift. In verse 19 it says, But with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb, without blemish or spot. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last time for the sake of you. That's the beauty. Like, if you, if, if you ventured into reading the Bible from beginning to the end, very early on we see the picture in Genesis three fifteen, This conversation that God has with Satan that he, he tells him, he said, you know, I'm going to put enmity between you and the woman. And you're going to strike his heel and he's going to crush your head. He's he's telling them from the beginning, hey, look, I have a plan. It wasn't like, man, Adam and Eve messed everything up and I've got to work this out. From the beginning, he had a plan to bring Jesus because he understood that we were incapable in ourselves to free us from ourselves. For our sake. And that's not just for the first petal. First Peter, people that are listening to this, this is for us. In verse 21, it says, Who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Having purified your souls by obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. I love, that actually, the whole reason I wanted to teach on this um, text was verse 22. It says, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. The way that we purify ourselves, the way that, that we work out understanding and knowing God is by our obedience. And in our obedience, we get to experience Him. It says, having purified your souls, by your obedience to the truth. And in that, we get to directly show how much this has influenced us by how we love one another earnestly. And all the commentaries that I've read here, because I think sometimes we have the same conflict that the Pharisees had when they were talking to Jesus. Like, who is my neighbor? Because we, in this room, want our neighbor to be other Christians, specifically ones that we're around. And we want to truthfully say we love them, which I think that's a difficult. I'm not saying that about you guys. I'm just saying with you guys, with other people, not you know, me. But it's difficult even in that. But it's not just saying you need to love, brotherly love. You just need to love those that are of the faith. Because the truth is, we need to love those sincerely that are in the body of Christ, but we need to love those that aren't in the body of Christ. Because here, here's the greatest reality of that is we don't know which of those are going to be joining us one day. Like we, we don't know which of those, even the yahoos that speed by you when you're patiently waiting in line, in traffic. We don't know what day it's going to come to them where they decide, I, I need Jesus. We, we don't know. And so we have to, have to, it says, love one another Earnestly from a pure heart. The only way our heart is purified is by walking in obedience to God. Having purified your souls by your obedience. See, this is the truth. If we don't open this book, and I'm not talking about just like on Sunday morning and you come here and you hear me, because I'm just going to tell you, I don't have enough for you to keep you all week. I don't. You would no more go to a buffet after church and eat as much as you could eat and not, not eat again until next Sunday. Try it. I mean, you feel like at the end of that buffet, like go, at the end of Golden Crow, you're like, I don't need to eat again for a while. But the reality is, is within 8 to 12 hours, you're hungry again. And it's the same thing with our spiritual life. See, we need to be in His Word, and this is why we encourage you to find a plan that works for you. Be in His Word, and not just read it. Some of the dangers that we get in is that we become people who do something for its sake. Meaning we do something, like read our Bible, so that we can tell other Christian brothers that we have Done five out of seven. My senior pastor from back home at his discipleship, and it's great, it's great advice. And his, he would say all the time, five out of seven. That's your goal. You want five out of seven. You want to be in the word because he realizes that if he puts too high of a standard, seven out of seven, and you fail, you may lose your motivation. But everybody can meet five out of seven. And he would encourage that. Say, so you need to get in the word. Because the truth is that sometimes I would read five out of seven. Just read it. I mean, the beauty of it is that right now we can plug it in and we can listen to it, but not listen to it. And so I read five out of seven just so I could tell him I read five out of seven, but not all of those five, maybe not any of them, did I really allow the Holy Spirit to try to influence me because this word was never meant to be just read so that we can say, oh, I read. John uh, James actually says that we must be doers of the word. Because if we're not doers of the word, we're going to be like people that looks at our face intently in the mirror. And we walk away and forget what we look like. If we're not doers of his word, we will be people who forget who he is. We'll declare it as we're reading it. But if we're not doing it, we won't walk it out. We won't enter into this place of purifying ourselves through obedience. And the tough part of that is, and this is why... I know we've our sign-up isn't out there, but I could probably sneak you in on a group if you want one. <laughs> the black market community group. <laughs> Just find me after service. Um, but the truth is, if we don't have other people in our life asking, like, what is this word doing in you? What is going on with what you're reading? The reality is, is we won't do it. We may be people that are willing to open it and willing to read it, but unless we have we invite other people into that, we're rarely going to be people who do it. Because anybody can read. Anybody can memorize. Anybody can batter somebody with what's written in here. I heard one guy, he said that he would, he would rather know one verse that he lives than all of them that he doesn't live any part of. I'd rather you go, man, this is... This is the word this is what the words asking me to do and I want to walk in that because in that walking we get to know and trust him. And it finishes in verse 23 it says since you have been born again not of perishable seed but imperishable through the living and abiding word again we get to experience life of who Jesus is by his word. His word gets to show us is it allows us into this glimpse that we get to see what he has done for us. What he's talking about over and over again is he has paid for us the imperishable. Something more valuable than silver and gold has purchased us. And our access to the Father is through what he has done for us. This is Peter, the guy who messed up, who is now leading the church. He's writing this to People that are literally struggling for their life. And he's telling them to love earnestly. To walk this out. And literally walking out their faith in their world could be disastrous for them. It could mean the end of their life. Peter, not too far after this, is going to meet a, a cross. And he's going to be crucified upside down. He's going to die for his declaration and his Commitment to Jesus as his Lord and Savior. But that shaped and molded him as he walked out that life. Our actions show us and others what we believe. Let that burn for just a second. Our actions show others and us what we believe. I heard um, Rick Warren said this at a conference I was at, he says that we, we only believe in the parts of the Bible that we do. Because if we're not doing it, we don't believe it. Because if we, if we believed that we needed this, then we would do it. And this is what I, I want to press in today, is I want us to be doers of the Word. I want us to walk the way he's called it. Just because what we talked about last week, this is the greater joy. There is nothing. See, every time we walk in disobedience, every time we walk in a pattern that is foreign from God, we punish ourselves. I mean, our life is littered with really dumb things that we've said or done that's hurt us and others. And that's on us. As we walk a certain way, and he's saying, look, we show who we are by what we do. John fourteen twenty one and just to clarify, I do not believe, and if you've heard this in what I'm saying, you're, you're not hearing me correctly, I do not believe that what you do saves you. Our salvation comes by faith alone, but in that faith, we should be acting out who God is. John 14, and actually John 14 and 15 repeats this over and over again. It says, whoever, this is Jesus, says, whoever has my commands and keeps them, he is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them. Like, what I'm also not saying is that you have to perfectly live that for him to love you. Because, look, the reality is is there's no one here that's perfectly going to walk out what he's commanded. But it's the acknowledgement that, hey, I've, I've made a mistake. I heard someone say this one time. The sign of our maturity is how fast we're willing to repent. How fast we're willing to acknowledge, I did this wrong. How fast we're willing to say, I did this, and it was wrong to you, and I've hurt you, and I want to I, I repent, I want to ask for your forgiveness. Romans uh, six nineteen 19 says, Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey? Either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. We are slaves to what we obey. Plain and simple. There's no one in this room that isn't a slave to something. Either obedience or to sin. It it, it is in our nature. And you may go, oh, no, 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 that is not me. The the truth is our actions will communicate to us what we obey. Believe what we're trusting in. And so I'm going to have our worship team come back up. And I, I want to ask you um, to wrestle. And the one reason we 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 have another song at the end isn't to you know keep you here a little bit longer, because we want to see you. The reason why we have this opportunity at the end is because hopefully during this, as you're hearing his word, there's something that has turned in you. Something that you may be wrestling with right now. I also want to declare this over you for those who fall into the camp or easily feel condemned by what you've not done. So some of you in this room right now will be like, man, I'm not walking in obedience. I'm not doing what he's, he, he, he's, he's asking me to do. And, and you right now feel condemnation. So Romans 8.1, which is a great verse for you to memorize. It says, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Actually, there is therefore, now, no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Conviction moves us to action. Condemnation. It's like there's there's no action that can come from it because I'm being condemned. And I just want to declare to you if you're feeling that. If that's what is on you right now, that is not the truth in Christ Jesus. And so if you're here this morning... And you've maybe been inspired by the baptisms, by people deciding, hey, I want to follow and being obedient. Maybe by the word that you're sitting here going, I have not trusted in Jesus. And what I'm asking you to do is not necessarily do anything right now. I'm asking you to wrestle. Because like what you do today, what you decide today can influence you forever. But it has to be you deciding this is what I desire. I understand. I'm so made aware of my own sin every single day. I'm so made aware of how much I still need Jesus every day. We live out in the world and our flesh is so easily exposed. Our flesh is so easily just poured out. And every day I'm aware of how much, if, I didn't have Jesus, how desperate I would be, how lonely I would be, how separated I'd be from everything. But Jesus is my hope. And if you want that hope, here's the reality. Here's the gospel we preached. Preach. You cannot, will not ever be able to save yourself. Your sin has separated you from God. And, and God knew that from the from that manifest time, he sent Jesus to our world to interact with us, to live the life that you were unable to live, to die the death that we deserved, so that in his resurrection, in our believing in his sacrifice, we get access to life. And we begin a journey of saying, Jesus, you are worthy to be worshipped. You are worthy to be to be followed for the rest of my life and and what that means for you potentially this morning is you say i no longer me i want to walk and live in jesus and we want to help you do that we we don't want you to just go yes i want some jesus and 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 have this moment we want to help shape and mold your reality as you live in this world and you navigate things that's why we 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 talk about in the last 3 weeks of is encourage encouraged you to join a community group, is because life together helps us walk this out. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, it is by your grace and mercy that right now we're still here, that we still have a choice to be obedient to you. And Lord, we thank you for things, even over the last two weeks that we've seen in the media, that acknowledge that life is precious and short. We no more control our last day on this planet than we control anything else. And Lord, for those in this room that are wrestling with the, the with trusting and believing in you, Lord, I pray that you would right now meet them. Lord, your word says is, as you draw near, as we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And Lord, I, I pray that if there's those in this room that are that are drawing near, Lord, I pray that they would feel your presence, they would experience your grace. And Lord, we just pray for life change that comes from you alone. And for everyone else in this room that is struggling to be your child, that is struggling to live in this world, that is surrounded by things that are leading us into ways that are potentially harmful to us and others. Lord, I pray that today we would decide not only by ourselves, but we would decide to partner with other men and women in our lives and choose to walk in obedience. That we would choose to, at, at all costs, live a life modeled by your example of looking to you and acting like you act. Lord, help us know and experience you. Help us surrender today to your grace and mercy. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.